0: Good evening, and thank you again for joining us. It's Friday evening and I take it that your week is winding down. Um, I do have a word to share with you, however, that I think will inspire you, at least I hope it will. I pray that it will help us stay focused on the prize that yet awaits us. Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity to speak to your people. I pray that uh, this thought that you've given to me will cause their spiritual hearts to palpitate with excitement, just as it did mine. Bless each person listening, Lord, and that your will be accomplished in all that we endeavor to do for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to continue with the same uh, verse that we've been using this week that comes from Philippians uh, chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. I'm going to uh, share with you from the message version. It says, Summing it all up, friends, I say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best and not the worst, the beautiful and not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you've learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, Will work you into his most excellent harmonies. As I pondered this scripture, the phrase "You'll do what you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true" resonated in my soul. Why would we dwell on anything else, for goodness' sake? Let me think about it. Truth is awesome. Truth reveals and guides. Truth is unchangeable and dependable. Truth is unstoppable. Truth is absolute. So what Paul is saying is dwelling on anything else is useless. The rest simply doesn't matter. My thoughts then drifted to what I can share with you that will inspire us in our present situation. To do that, I'm going to use the book that we hold most dear, the Bible. I doubt I will shock any of you by saying that the authenticity of the word of God has been and most likely always, always will be under attack. As for me, it's settled. I believe His Word is true. I also am a lover of God's Word. I love to study it. I love to get in there and dig into all the nooks and crannies and find the treasure. However, I like to study on my own terms, so I've tended to steer clear of formal theological education. I have, I guess you could say, commitment issues. Yep, I want to gain with as less pain as possible. So. Back in 2015 when Stephen was teaching a class called Historical Paul at Urshan Graduate School of Theology, I learned of an academic trip being offered to students and non-students called the Paths of Paul. For the students, the trip was for class credit. For me, it was all enjoyment. That one paper to write, hallelujah. In June of 2006, our adventure started in Asia Minor which is modern-day Turkey. Uh, We meandered through ancient city to ancient city. Towards the end we cruised through and toured the beautiful Greek islands and finally landed in the great metropolis of Athens. 18 glorious days. On this trip we visited cities uh, where there were churches and people to whom Paul wrote and visited. We also visited other cities written about in the book of Revelation centuries ago. There are many that don't believe the things written in scripture. To them, the word is not inspired by God, but simply the work of clever men, tales. The trip for me brought many of these stories we read in the New Testament to life. Archeological sites and museums full of ancient remnants testifying of real people and places and things of long ago, And as I walked those dusty paths and those Roman roads, and gazed at the ancient temples and touched the many massive columns and sat in stone stadiums and amphitheaters, I couldn't help but feel connected with those who once were, especially to fellow believers who once inhabited those cities and ancient venues. Had they sat where I was sitting, walked the same paths, marveled at the same beautiful landscapes and seascapes, these places really exist. The people spoken of in the word, both believers and their contemporaries, really existed. Let's take a little picture journey. I want to show you some of the places and things that I saw with my own eyes. Let's go to Ephesus, for example. I'm going to read to you the beginning of the letter that Paul wrote to the church there. He writes and says, This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus, who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. The, pi- the picture you should see is of a beautiful library in Ephesus. It's considered an archeological marvel and is one of the only remaining examples of a library uh, from the Roman empire. Surely the believers of that day visited this wonder and beheld this beauty as they went about their day in and around the city. Next, we go to Acts 27, and this story tells of, of Paul's journey to Rome. And it says, when the time came, we set sail for Italy. Paul and several other prisoners were placed in the custody of a Roman officer named Julius, a captain of the Imperial Regiment. Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica, was also with us. We left on a ship whose home port was Adramatium on the northwest coast of the province of Asia. It was scheduled to make several stops and ports along the coast of the province. The next day when we docked at Sidon, Julius was very kind to Paul and let him go ashore to visit with friends so they could provide for his needs. Putting out to sea, from there we encountered strong winds that made it difficult to keep the ship on course. So we sailed north to Cyprus, between the island and the mainland, keeping to an open sea. We passed along the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, landing at Myra in the province of Lycia. Well, here I am in that ancient city of Myra. The first time I ever rode a camel in the city square. It was so fun. Next, let's go to Colossae. Paul's letter to the Colossian church begins this way. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. We are writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossae, who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God our Father give you grace and peace. You see me standing here by this road sign pointing to the city of Colossae. I can't say that I met any of our faithful brothers and sisters in Colossae, but I certainly found their neighborhood. <laughs> this picture brings me great joy because someone with the initials SJB wanted to skip this trip on our, this city on our tour. Those of us who figured we most likely would never visit Turkey again insisted. I'm so glad I did. Now I can say I was there. The book of Revelation starts with an angel being sent from God to John to reveal to him the events that must soon take place. John is in exile on the Isle of Patmos, his crime, preaching the gospel. Here I am in 2006, touring that very island. It's in in that revelation to John that we now read God's approval and disapproval of seven churches that were in Asia Minor, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. In Revelations two and three, we read what God says to each. To the church at Ephesus, he writes, this is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know all the things you do I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. Here again is a different view of the city of Ephesus, along with a few of our our other fellow travelers. Next, Revelations speaks of a message to the the church of Sperna. And it says, this is the message from the one who is the first and the last, who was dead and now is alive. I know all about your suffering and poverty, but you are rich. This is a picture of Ben and I uh, as I'm trying to climb on to this remnant of this ancient ruin. And Ben decides to be a gentleman and help me get up. We eventually succeeded, but I don't know where that picture is either. Next, we read of the city of Pergamum. And Revelation writes, this is the message from the one with the sharp two-edged sword. I know that you live in the city where Satan has his throne, yet you have remained loyal to me. You refused to deny me even when Antipas, my fellow, my faithful witness, was martyred among you in Satan's city. I know God refers to this as Satan's city, but it certainly was a beautiful place. Here I am standing there. Next, we read what God has to say about Thyatira. He says, this is the message from the son of God, whose eyes are like flames of fire, whose feet are like polished bronze. I know all the things you do. I've seen your love, your faith, your service and your patient endurance. And I can see your constant improvement in all these things. Now, I'll admit here that I did a little cheat. I downloaded this and a few other pictures from the Internet because I did not have time to go through the thousands of pictures that we took. I found one though that looked similar to, to uh, one that I took. Uh, I remember this specifically because I uh, was shocked to see that there were you know, you know reg- regular city neighborhoods and ancient ruins kind of mixed in together here. If you look you see these ancient remnants toward the bottom and behind that you see a regular apartment building. That's Thyatira. Or should I say an area in Thyatira? Next, we move on to what God had to say to the church in Sardis. and said, this is the message from the one who has the sevenfold, sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. I know all the things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Wake up, strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Go back to what you have heard and believed at first. Hold firmly to it. Repent and turn again to me. If you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly, as unexpected as a thief. Here's a picture of a ruin in Thio- I'm sorry, in Sardis. Again, I swiped this one from the net, but I remember seeing this uh, when I was there. Next we go on to the the city of Philadelphia and Revelation says this is a message from the one who is holy and true, the one who has the key of David. What he opens, no one can close. What he closes, no one can open. I know all the things you do and I have opened the door for you that no one can close. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. Look." I will force those who belong to satan synagogue those liars who say that they are jews but are not to come and bow down at your feet they will acknowledge you who are the ones i love the picture you see here is of steve and brother booker and i and some children who were in the city of philadelphia maybe these kids were ancestors of some of those whom god was referring to You never know next we move on to Laodicea and the scripture writes this is the message from the one who is the Amen the faithful and true witness the beginning of God's new creation I know all the things you do that you are neither hot nor cold I wish that you were one or the other but since you are like lukewarm water neither hot nor cold I will spit you out of my mouth you say I am rich I have everything I want I don't need anything and you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked so i advise you to buy gold from me gold that has been purified by fire then you will be rich also buy white garments from me so you will not be ashamed by your nakedness ointment for your eyes so you will be able to see i correct and discipline everyone i love so be diligent and turn from your indifference on your screen should be a picture of the, a theater in Laodicea. Leaving Turkey, we traveled through Greek islands of Santorini and Rhodes and Patmos and finally on to Athens. Act 17 picks up the story of Paul and it writes, Those escorting Paul went with him all the way to Athens. Then they returned to Berea with instructions for Silas and Timothy to hurry and join him. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply troubled by all the idols he saw everywhere in the city. He went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles, and he spoke daily in the public square to all who happened to be there. This photo was taken in Athens, and it's of the iconic Acropolis, along with another one of our fellow travelers. In Athens, we also visited Mars Hill where Paul found an altar to the unknown God. Oh, did the Athenians hear about Jesus that day. At last, we visit Corinth, that city that was home to the Corinthian church that Paul wrote to on at least two occasions. The lessons we are taught from those letters continue to bless us even until this day. Well, I took you on that journey Uh, As I encourage you to meditate and focus on what is true, to say that the stories and people and places and the content of God's word is true. As surely as the events of times past and the scriptures are true, so are the events of times to come. Paul encouraged the church at Corinth with these words. I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those that love him. That's a truth that we can think on. Yes, there'll be wars, pestilences, plagues, and dark times uh, that will come before the end. But Revelation 21 speaks of a new heaven and a new earth, a new Jerusalem, a tabernacle of God where God will dwell with his people and wipe away all tears. And there'll be no more death, no sorrow, no crying and no pain. God will make all things new, for this word is true and faithful. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, even that great city, the holy Jerusalem, the city where God is the light. The foundations of the walls are all manner of precious stones. Its gates are twelve pearls, and streets are pure gold, as transparent as, gla- as, as glass. In that city there is no temple, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there will be no night. And those that will enter the city are they which are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You should be shouting by now. That's you and me if we keep our thoughts fixed on what is true. I can't show you pictures of that home on high because I have not seen. But by faith, we're going to get there. God has promised us so. That's a truth that we can meditate on. Those are truths that we can keep our eyes fixed on. As everything around us runs amok and is crazy, we can fix our thoughts, most certainly. Lord, I thank you for remembering us and for reminding us, God, that this life is but a pit stop. We are indeed just passing through. Help us, God, to continually remember that as we keep our minds stayed on you. Lord, touch the hearts and minds of those who are listening who don't know you. Draw them by your word. Draw them by your spirit. Open their understanding, Lord Jesus. Let their home be heaven as well, Lord. God, be with us, Lord, as we uh, go on our ways this evening, Lord. Bless each and every person, Lord, within the sound of my voice. God, we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless each of you, and I hope to see you soon. Good night.